second episode of the Institute for Gamer Review. I am Dharma King with my co-host, Lewis, if you want to say hi. Hey guys, how you doing? And today we are discussing the Halo series, which I'm 100% sure um, is very popular and, and influential uh, uh, in our audience. Um, I, Lewis, you, had a, you wanted to talk a, a little bit about... Um, the relationship as you saw it between the halo series and the iraq war but before we get to that do you do you maybe want to talk a little bit about the background of halo and and your experience yeah definitely with it? yeah or i think i think you know maybe the history of like what bungie was beforehand is kind of a good yeah that's a good so um the first I, you know halo obviously is a first person shooter which is one of the oldest um genre of video games I, I believe the very first thing that we could call a video game was was uh space war on on unix um mainframes in the 1970s but i think the second thing that was developed was it was a it was a essentially a dungeon crawler from a first person perspective um, maze or some kind of maze game and, and these first person dungeon crawlers were um very popular in the 1980s um that's where the ultima series came from art first person kind of dungeon crawling rpgs um that's how they started that's uh was also um the 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 big um transition uh came with uh id software's castle wolfenstein which was a sequel to a two-dimensional kind of more of a puzzle game actually but wolfenstein 3d was um not actually like in a mathematical sense fully 3d it's kind of uh, uh using certain mathematical tricks to make it look like it's 3d um, but that really, uh, set the stage for first person shooters. And, and not long after that, around the same time, late eighties, early nineties, you had Bungie software, um, developing the marathon series of video games, which was a, a science fiction first person shooter, uh, that existed in, in competition with ID software's doom series, which was kind of like where the, um, First-person shooters really took off. Uh, some of you who are old enough can probably remember a period when first-person shooters were all called Doom clones, um, not Castle Wolfenstein clones, or, or you know, interestingly, but you know, Doom was really that was the one that exploded. Um, part of that had to do with uh, the shareware model, which was new at the time, where basically you get a, um, a f decent-sized chunk of the game for free, and then if you wanted to to play the whole thing. Um, you had to, you know, email them. You sent them some money, and they would email you, uh, you know, a code to unlock the whole thing. But it was installed on school uh, local area networks, and people played deathmatch, and it was very, very popular. Um, but it was, it was essentially PC. It was like a, a flagship product for the PC. This was also an era when uh, the words IBM compatible meant something, and and basically the the PC architecture was was getting really set in stone. And Doom was was really 
kind of coextensive in terms of you know gaming with with the PC platform um, and Windows. The the Marathon series, on the other hand, which was developed by Bungie, um, was a was Mac exclusive, and and I have very kind of vague rec- recollections of playing um, Marathon on a friend's Macintosh. I did not have a Macintosh, but my my friend's dad was an artist, and uh, he. Um, he had a Macintosh, and and we would play Marathon, and it was fun. And um, but with the 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 interesting thing was was um, and, and I don't know how many people know this, but because um, I was very I'm still into strategy games. You know, our first episode was on XCOM, and um, I I really have always enjoyed strategy games. And um, in in that period after they were done with the with the I believe it was the third and final Marathon game, Bungie made it uh two strategy games that are really really great and they're kind of abandonware which means you you can actually sort of track these down and and play them for free in kind of gray market terms and which i would any any of you listening who are fans of real-time tactics type strategy games um highly highly recommend the myth myth series m-y-t-h uh in particular the sequel myth 2 is is really just a great um strategy game and and you know it's all it's all small unit tactics there's no base to manage it's just you know it's it's and it's a kind of fantasy series and and you have you know um units that you command and and if they die then that's it there it's kind of permadeath in terms of you know you carry your army with you from battle to battle and uh it's really just really good um i think there was a sequel myth 3 that was not developed by bungie and kind of never played it i just wasn't interested but um, back in like the mid to late '90s, I was I was and that was my primary experience with Bungie um, was as a maker of the Myth series of strategy games. And when Halo was initially announced, it was actually also going to be a Mac exclusive. Initially, it was announced. It was Steve Jobs himself had like seen a tech demo because Bungie was essentially working on a, um, a fully three dimensional. Uh, science fiction version of myth. The myth is is kind of quasi. It's it's another example of this '90s thing where you have the terrain is 3D. Um, it, it's I think using voxels, um, but the but the units are two dimensional sprites, kind of like if you ever played the first Shogun Turtle Total War. Um, it's like that where the the units themselves are two dimensional sprites, um, not polygonal three dimensional entities, but the terrain is three dimensional. That's the, the myth series. Halo was going to be, you know, the next generation awesomeness. And it was going to be basically myth, but bigger and better and polygonal units and totally, you know, kick ass and science fiction. But, you know, and, and, and I was very excited about this. I know a lot of people were very excited for um, for for Halo, the strategy game. And there's a part of me that's actually kind of still, um, you know, laments a little yeah. bit like why I mean, they, yeah, they did please. give you guys halo wars so i just didn't appreciate it <laughs> yeah but that doesn't really count no i know exactly. what you mean yeah. but uh well halo was gonna be it was gonna be like you know yeah i guess halo, maybe in, in a sense that that could sort of it was sort of gonna be that yeah although i don't think halo wars was developed by bungie either i think it was another, i don't think it was yeah. yeah it was a third party studio but anyway yeah so um microsoft at the time i think it was 99 or thereabouts um microsoft saw that uh, and this was also at the, I mean you got you gotta kind of put your you know gotta remember your your history of this stuff the um Mac had had really been suffering very very badly 
for for like 15 years at that point there was a point where mac you know a, uh, apple stock was worth basically nothing steve jobs had been kicked out it really looked like you know this company that had been around since the 70s and and was one of the you know revolutionizers of the um, micro you know microcomputing as an industry and the whole idea of um you know owning your own microcomputer and really at the time the original apples you would build them yourself to some extent if you wanted and, and there was a whole ethos there so but that was all gone by the um 90s and and uh apple was was really really on the ropes but then they were experiencing this renaissance they had invited steve jobs back he was really starting to kick ass and um and and, and steve jobs landed this contract or i don't know if it was a contract yet but i, I think there was some kind of agreement between jobs and bungie or apple and bungie um, for for the Halo series to uh, for the Halo game to be on Macintosh, but Microsoft was that was like right around the time they were putting together their launch for the very first Xbox, and they needed something. They they knew they needed something that was going to sell, you know, the Xbox console because it's not like they had they didn't have there was no Mario, um, there was no Final Fantasy, uh, you know, Square was in a uh, exclusive deal with with Sony for the PlayStation and 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 you know Nintendo likes to keep everything in-house first party so microsoft needed something and they thought that that halo was a great fit so they went to bungie and they basically just completely outbid apple and and um said look we're gonna you know give you all the money you need all the money you want this is also a time you know there's like the tech bubble where big corporations are just throwing money right and left um some other time I'm, i would love to we should do an episode on deus ex uh, or the Deus Ex series, and the the story of Ion Storm, the developer of of Deus Ex, is is kind of another classic example of companies with way too much money just throwing it at these. Uh, uh, anyway, but to 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 get back to the point, the um, so Microsoft signs this deal with Bungie. Bungie starts work, you know, continues developing Halo. Eventually, um, there's a great article I'll link to it. I guess maybe in the show notes or something, where uh, I think it was on The Verge or I forget where it was like an oral history of development of Halo. What what essentially sealed the deal as far as a transition from um, third-person strategy tactics game to first-person game was the Warthog. Um, they had, you know, they knew they wanted this kind of futuristic Humvee-type, um, you know, marine vehicle, and they were, um, they had, they just, they had a, a working enough physics engine that they were getting the. Um, the warthog to like move around and they, you know, playing with the suspension and bouncing around as everybody who's played Halo in particular, I guess Halo one was knows, you know, the it's bouncing all over the place and, and has really, really kind of bouncy suspension. And, and what they were noticing was they were still exper experimenting with the control schemes, you know, cause it's a, it's a question. It's always a question in, in these kind of strategy games of like, how granular do you get with your control over units? And they were, you know, experimenting with control over individual units in particular, the warthog. And um, the developers were just having so much fun bouncing the Warthog over and hills and across the terrain, which was completely new at the time. 99, this was like, you know, next level stuff that no one could you know, had ever really done before. And it was just completely a new world. And they were having so much fun doing that that they kept kind of bringing the camera instead of being blown out and to see your whole army all at once um, closer and closer and closer to the um, like an individual soldier's rule. It was like right over, you know, an individual soldier's shoulder, at which point they were like, well, um, you know, if it's going to be this close, like why not just do it first person? And then they just did it first person. And that was kind of all she wrote. Um, of course, they all also had this experience with, with the marathon series 
Um, and so they just kind of picked up where they left off. And I, I didn't, I didn't really play marathon closely enough to, um, but apparently there's all kinds of like little snippets and Easter eggs related to marathon. Like, I don't know if it's an exact continuity of the lore, but, but some of the stuff about in particular rogue AIs and, and this kind of stuff was, was, um, like explicitly referential to, to marathon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, also Halo is interesting. Well, that was a Halo and Quake kind of, uh, they kind of broke, uh, shooters out of like the doom clone thing or the wolf clone where they, you can look up and down, right? Like that's kind of a big deal. Uh, yeah, it was huge. I mean, because again, doom like Wolfenstein was, was precisely like it's using mathematical tricks to make it look like there's three dimensions, but there aren't actually. And one of the trade-offs there is you cannot, you you cannot look up and down. And if you, you know, you have an enemy above you, you fire, um, you know, kind of under it and it hits it as though you were firing above it. And there's no mouse look or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. I think the first game technically to implement it was star Wars, dark forces. I don't know how they did that in terms of like the mathematics of the engine, um, I know it was based on Doom, but but somehow they figured out this problem of of um, actually like aiming and looking up and down. Yeah. But but well, yeah, I think, I think the tech was actually. I don't want to. I might be kind of out of out of turn with my knowledge, but I believe the like the concept and tech was already in Doom, but it would have fucked up all the uh, like the illusion of Doom if you could do it. So it was basically disabled. And I think they just it's possible. A, I'm not sure if you had a 3D yeah. world, you could just disable that. Like I'm aware. I know it was. Like Doom, Doom was the gut, like uh, much more so than now. Uh, video game development was very much a like a kind of a you were allowed to steal basically because there were so oh, yeah. little. Uh, now there's like you know engines and licensing, but yeah, then it was right. just like you know just you know if you can make something cool, not just no the engine, but every little piece of it. You know, like like there's yeah. uh, what is it like havoc for physics or you know there's there's different like sub things that plug yeah. into the unreal engine for just to make trees you know? yeah <laughs> like, but anyway uh, we could yeah there's basically it was like it went from like an artisan thing right like it went from like the renaissance to like you know the patent office very quick you know yes. uh but you, uh, yeah i i, I want to say like definitely this is i know you you gave the intro but halo this project you know we're in the future we're going to set this up and say whose episode this is because everybody's played games a lot more than everybody else some guys so you're more familiar. So this episode is definitely my episode. Sure. Uh, yeah. I'm a big Halo fan. Uh, I have been since I was since I got my first since I was like aware of, you know, shooters you could say, and uh, my and uh, there's a lot going on. Uh, I think there's like a, there's a so uh, I think the the big one is that the multi they had multiplayer and it was good and there is there was a like communal element to uh, Halo. Where you could, so you know, in most multiplayer games before uh, before Halo got really big, before Halo Two specifically, but you could do it on Halo One. It, you would do like local, uh, you know, one v one or two v two, and that's a lot of fun. Uh, or you know, you do a two player campaign. Real niggas remember Goldeneye, yes. Yeah, yeah, and that's really fun. But I think what Halo Three did, uh, especially, is uh, you could take all your people you could get together with your people right and uh i there i believe the one point you could get four guys on one screen right and then take your crew that was sitting with you and go play the rest of the world yeah and there was like a very much a manner bund aspect to that right where it's because like a team the teams are fairly small the teams are teams of eight so half your team is 
like sitting with you as you're you know playing everyone else. Well, not just that. I thought couldn't you do just four t- four person teams? Wasn't that an option? Yeah, that was, that was an option. Yeah, but the yeah. most popular was eight v eight. The most popular. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah. But yeah, yeah, it was very much a kind of you, know, you and your homies against the world. And uh, you know, I, I know there's a lot of like lore stuff we're we're kind of have to go into, and I but I think the core of like you know serious video game criticism is talking about like the gameplay and the mechanics of like what you're doing uh, more so than just like you know reciting lore and this is like and saying oh this is like this movie or whatever but uh halo really broke through in in that way uh they also did a lot of things that uh made view like that seem intuitive these days but uh wouldn't be like the idea of you only have to carry two guns is is a halo invention um it was the first game to limit you to two guns in the world uh which forces you to like play better in the campaign mode in multiplayer um but previously, uh, you know, if in a games where you pick up a gun, you would just you could it went to your big pile of guns yeah. off screen, and you could just cycle through it. But uh, Halo's, uh, you know, I think one thing that was there in the big, from the beginning before the, the multiplayer was this. Uh, at, so you could play the game as a straight shooter on like the lower levels of difficulty, but as you crank it up to like to legendary, which is you know where I think the game gets really good, like a really enjoyable, uh, difficult, th- difficult like project. It becomes like a, it becomes almost more a puzzle game than a shooter. Like you have limited assets to get past these things or blow them up, and uh, like you know you'll you'll spawn into a you'll go into a room right. I've got you know two sticky grenades, uh, this many mags of assault rifle ammo, and you know I'm out I'm at my out of pistol ammo, so I got to drop that when I get there, and you know I still and no matter how you do go into that room. You got to kill, you know, four elites and three grunts, and make that work. And it's very much like a matching what you have to what they have. And you know, if you're skilled at like the shooter element, you it's easy. The mathematics are easier, but you really can't escape it. There's, it's not like a you can't just shoot people a lot and then they die. If you just try to like stand and fight with any of the big enemies, uh, like you kind of can in Wolfenstein and Doom. If you if like you you. you you can't in Halo. You have to. You can't just like shoot your assault rifle at them, and then you have to actually kind of dick and dodge, and move around, and find a find the thing that's in this room that might help you kill them. It's it becomes a puzzle game almost as much as it does a shooter, and that's uh, kind of a unique element to the gameplay. Uh, yeah, that I don't... I mean, the tactical shooters. I mean, it, it, it's interesting. Halo One occupies this kind of um, interesting transitional phase because tactical shooters prior to Halo were not really a thing, and while um, I wouldn't describe Maybe as you're describing on legendary difficulty, um, to some extent you could sort of you know look at it that way. To some extent, it, it's it's definitely true that tactical shooters owe like their their existence as a genre to to Halo because yeah, there's no formal cover system like in Gears of War or some other games, yeah. or, you know, XCOM for that matter, where like you know there's a kind of um, gameplay defined cover where like in Gears of War you know you press a button and then you're behind cover and that means something mechanically that's not the case for Halo but but it is you know you still have to think in terms of cover and you still have to um, yeah manage your inventory the other big um, innovation which which has been which has basically become completely standard nowadays for, for all modern shooters both kind of more action oriented and more tactical is um the recharging health bar, right? Because prior to Halo, basically it was it was you, 
it was always very clear that you were um, playing a video game. Like, you know, uh, the, on the only other even close to kind of uh, narrative experience was, was Half-Life. And even, even which, was, which was groundbreaking on its own, um, but even Half-Life retained um, the, the uh, convention from essentially arcade games where your health was defined by like a percentage out of typically a hundred and it goes down when you get hit and it goes up when you collect like you know med kits or these kind of arbitrarily defined kind of gameplay objects and it, and it can fluctuate you know based based on your inventory or the availability of you know uh the, these particular kind of health restoring objects Halo did away with that, and that was really important because that essentially, you know, now we're moving from a situation where, like, okay, if I have 100 health um, or, you know, full health or whatever, then I can just essentially go in guns blazing and, and the tactical, I mean, to the extent there's a kind of tactical calculation, it's more just like, oh, okay, I'm just going to go and, you know, blow shit up until, okay, maybe I'm, you know, maybe I could be a little more reckless and then maybe I drop some med kits and, and there's a kind of flow to it in that way. Um, but it's, it's not immersive. It's very clear that you're playing a video game and, and it's, it's, uh, it's just kind of arbitrary and, and again, goes back to it, like essentially arcade games, um, like, you know, from the eighties, Halo was, was designed from the ground up to be an immersive experience. Um, you know, Bungie has spoken at length about this, you know, we could talk about the narrative maybe a little bit later, you know, whether it succeeds or not, or how deep it is or whatever. I think it has, particularly the first Halo has a, has a pretty decent science fiction story, but, um, the point is, it's not just like that mechanically it's more interesting in, in that, you know, it's not like even because on higher difficulties, especially legendary, like just because you have full shields does not mean you can go in guns blazing yeah. and, and be reckless. Right. Um, quite the opposite. And but it also forces you to like, OK, you go in, you take your shots, you get back behind cover, you wait for your shields to recharge. And, and then you can, you know, you move on or you move to the next piece of cover or whatever, which is a which is a dynamic that I mean, that's like every yeah. Call of Duty, every, you know, pretty much every first person shooter other than like, I guess the mod, the, the recent Doom remakes um, or whatever you want to call them, sequ you know, Doom 2016 and Doom 2020, um, Doom Eternal, uh, like they're deliberately throwbacks to the 90s and they, you know, intentionally retain this uh, kind of health kit system. But that was a design choice that was made kind of like, yes, this is basically just the 90s doom, but with 20, you know, 2020s graphics and, and kind of uh, certain designs and not, I don't even know if I'd say design sensibilities, but it's more aesthetic. Yeah. Anyway, and we can so, talk about that enough. Doom, yeah. doom would deserve, definitely deserves yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, yeah. But yeah, sorry, go on. Well, there's a lot of like quality of life things that other, that kind of existed, but Halo put them together very well that most other shooters now have. Uh, Halo has a flashlight button. When you're in the dark, you can just click the flashlight, uh, which is useful. Uh, also, let, they have a you know a, kind of on the HUD. There's a, a bit of a radar, you know, where you can so you can kind of see enemies. And I think uh, one big thing that I think Halo, I don't want to say it was the first to do this because it's kind of a nebulous thing to, to to give a game, but they had like decent enemy AI, AI in a way that no shooter had. Like there have been you know uh like it's not a bunch of automated uh i guess you call it uh like scripts like the enemy not that they're not following scripts but you really can't tell like halo's one of the very few games uh especially early on where 
you could shoot and duck back into cover, and the enemy would flank you. So you have to like maybe move further back or or duck left or right. Uh, that's and that was part of the immersion is that you they 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 won't just they won't just stand there stupid like in perfect dark whatever where you could just like pop pop behind cover, pop pop, and uh, and you also you know another thing that Halo did that's very immersive it, that's kind of comparable is they it wasn't perfect but they they did it like an, a level of uh, confidence with your with your buddies that like your your AI your the marine the marines with you were uh, like decent at their job they weren't as good as you obviously. But uh, they could, they, they, you know, they could, they would distract enemies. Uh, they would die a lot, obviously, but they could, you know, with a little bit of babysitting, uh, you know, make it all the way through with you. Um, and then, uh, and the other thing is that there's like little, there's interesting little uh, like issues with this. Uh, so they wanted to make like the AI confident and, uh, and this is actually, they get keep this in all Halos. If you're driving a vehicle and the uh, AI is on the is on the turret, the turret gunner is like uh, basically aimbotting and like lights out, destroying everything as fast as he can, uh, in a way that's like super effective because they want it to be immersive and it's actually more immersive that your turret gunner is really good than if he's just kind of good and, and missing. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a really great example of of how you know. I mean, this, I don't want to go too far down this discussion of AI, but I'm sure it'll come up in in you know the future as well. It's a really great example of how like um, a true general AI is. Um, first, I mean, it depends on what you define. Depending on your definition of the term, a literal philosophical impossibility. There are no AI. You don't right. AI. Come on, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, <laughs> but but also that like okay, so the question is always, what do we want? an AI for, right? What is the purpose of this mathematical algorithmic construct? And in terms of video games, like it's not necessarily typically that you actually, you want something that's going to be really good at playing that video game um, in the abstract, you know, maybe for like an opponent, if you're going to play like a strategy game. Although I remember a case, I forget if it was like Age of Empires. There was a, there was a, uh, an AI that was built to play. I think it was Age of Empires. And it all, basically all it would do was like run um, to the corner of the map and try to hide because it determined that that was the most effective way to win, which maybe it was, you know, I mean, given like, but, but yeah. it just shows you the limitations versus like, like if you understand, you know, well, what it's, what we're actually trying to do is create an immersive experience, trying to give you the sense of like, you know, being in this other world or, or being the kind of hero in a kind of action movie or whatever. It's not that you, you don't need the AI to, to be, to act quote unquote intelligently. What you need is, is for what happens to seem real. And so there's a real artistry and showmanship in in that and, and and in you know oftentimes less is more and i think the original halo is a really great example of that of you know it, it's the ai isn't fancy but it it definitely helps your with your sense of immersion and 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 it, it looks really great yeah uh, and there's all kind of tricks you kind of learn as you play the game to like get the most out of your ai teammates like if you give them weapons that are visually uh like have a visual feedback like needlers or rocket launchers or sniper rifles they're actually more effective because at some point, uh, I, I, I imagine in development they have said, well, if you if you gotta see them firing, so when they have these weapons, they'll fire more because uh, it looks really you know, it looks cool when your allies are shooting with you. And uh, there's all kinds of like you know fun things you do learn as you play it that are kind of exploiting that uh, kind of uh, I guess you call it like the AI. They basically the, the goal of the AI in a video game is to play the way you expect it to, right? Uh, you want it to play to expectations, not like. 
not the whole point is victory. to avoid losing the suspension of disbelief. Like you, yeah. you want your disbelief to remain to be continue yeah. to be suspended, right? It's dog. It's dog bites man, right? It's you, yeah. you know we we want it to see what we want to see, right? Uh, yeah. So do you wanna you wanna move on to like the. I'm I'm really curious to hear your Iraq war take, and, and I presume that'll also tie into like the the narrative and the plot of the... yeah. So you know, obviously, uh, there's, oh, there's so there are some gameplay elements that kind of bleed through, um, but so there was, uh, you know, obviously, you, in a time if you look at the time and the place, uh, it I think I believe it was 2002 when it released right on Xbox, uh, and PC or is it 2001? Uh, I think it was 2002. But obviously, like that's you know right after right after uh, you know the you know we had the invasion of Iraq, right before the invasion of Iraq right after the invasion of Iraq and the you know 9-11 had happened and uh, there's and uh, as so in the first game you know you you don't like, understand the enemy at all uh, you kind of understand understand them as the like opposing force and I think that's you know obviously kind of a you know, there's only so much time they have when they're developing a game, right? Uh, there's almost only so much information they want to give you to make it because Halo One is kind of like the, kind of like a mystery game as well. Like you don't know what the fuck's happening. You're on this bizarre-looking battle station. It's made very clear that like the humans don't know what what this is. Uh, it's this you know ring in the sky, and uh, but as like things get on, I think I think like society got more woke to like modern war or i guess called fourth gen warfare where actually you know war isn't like this where you just you know you have all these guys and they have all these guys and they fight there's you know there's a little more there there's uh you know there's third factions there's enemies you want to be your friends and i think that started a lot with halo 2 which was i'll even uh kind of doesn't five six which was like during uh that kind of height, not the height of, because it was kind of, a, a, but it was during the, uh, I guess the Iraq wars, uh, like the kind of the dog days of Iraq, right? Before the surge, uh, basically George Bush was telling everybody, hey, listen, there's, we're going to stabilize this, but it's going to take a while. Uh, we're going to try, we're trying to get the Iraqis on our side when the hearts and minds. And also there was a lot of feedback, uh, I think from, uh, you know, it's, it's not a secret that Halo is very popular in the military, uh, kind of not to the exclusion of Call of Duty, but, uh, you know, there's a very dedicated uh, military fan base for Halo. Well, the call, I mean, it was also a different time. I don't, I'd have to, I, I've never been a, as big a fan of the Call of Duty um, series, but I don't think at the time, like, Call of Duty in the way that you mean in the kind of online multiplayer experience yeah, really goes ex- back to Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, yeah, which, which came out yet. way late, like that was yeah. later, so yeah. And uh, so there was this kind of, I don't want to, it's hard to say there's like a, a demand for a more like complex thing. And a lot of it is Bungie just being kind of creative. But uh, so the, the in Halo 2, there's this uh, shift where the, for actually the first mission, uh, you play as Chief, Chief for a hot second just to say, oh, you're Master Chief still. But then you're, uh, you play as this kind of new character who's revealed to be the enemy general from Halo 1, Halo 1 uh, the Arbiter, who's this... Uh, you know, he plays a little differently than Chief. He's got you've got like a probably a purple health screen, and you're you know you're watching you're you're playing as the Covenant, which is interesting. Obviously, it's cool. Uh, you can go invisible. There's all kind of like stuff there, 
but your first levels you're fighting uh they're like called they're basically renegade covenant right they you know you're fighting a, 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 against some kind of faction of uh of your own people that went rogue which kind of which implies obviously that there's like you know there's possible allies for humanity in this thing right and there's a and it adds this faction and halo one it kind of played played with this with like the flood enemies where if you were if you like there was this very cool very advanced thing for the time where there were three factions in a, in the fight right so if there was flood and covenant and uh and the anti-flood there were, you know uh halo robots and you all in a room they would all kind of do a four-way uh or a three-way or you know and uh and that was that was pretty rare in halo and halo one and halo two really kind of expanded upon that and said oh maybe you know war is more confusing it's there's it's it's not like a like this you know this highfalutin amazing commentary on like I, the iraqi civil war that the u.s was involved in at the time effectively but it was definitely like probably the the first big attempt to do something with it um and there is and there is this kind of it, there is a level of kind of confusion uh that i think it, it's trying it's trying to convey uh as like and that as i think that's more real uh and also uh, of course uh, at this point you get things like the covenant uh is defined as this kind of religious organization uh there's a there's kind of element there's like there's like hints of it in one but in two you get like they have su- they have suicide bombers uh you know of all kinds there's you know these they're uh you know they, they there's you you can hear them when you're playing as the aliens you can hear the aliens speak in english because you, you know presumably you understand it and they're talking always talking about you know great journeys and you know, uh, infidels and things like that, or whatever. They, they don't think they used infidel, but it was some similar term. Uh, and they're, they're, they're very, uh, you know, xenophobic, and there's obviously a bunch of, a lot of jihad elements. The uh, You see the prophets, you know, who are, they're called the prophets, obviously, because of, uh, you know, Muhammad and things. They look they look kind of very Arabian Nights, like Arabian Nightsy looking aliens. Uh, they're, there's a lot. There's a lot more going on uh, in that in this in this kind of context that uh, kind of continue to develop throughout the story too. Yeah, I will say I remember I, w- I remember being taken aback by the transition from Halo One, where the Covenant was kind of ill-defined. Um, just it was kind of just there. It was like not really yeah, clear. Yeah, yeah. It's the Russians. Were. It's the it's the Nazis. It's whatever. Yeah, yeah it's well, whatever. It's some alien yeah. force that whatever. Yeah. And then pretty much right off the bat, uh, as you say in Halo 2, there's like a narrative cutscene showing like, okay, well, they're actually some kind of space. It's like the Fremen from Dune or something. They're like space Muslims or, you know, whatever, space foreigners. They're very much. Some... I, I think I think you can commonly say that there are space Muslims. There's, yeah. a, there's so much going on in there. I don't even think Bungie would shy from it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's really noticeable. I mean, it's kind of a jarring transition. Because I didn't, I actually never, I so I played Halo 1 on the original Xbox and then um, Halo 3 on, I guess, the 360 eventually. I never had played Halo 2 until recently um, in the Master Chief Collection. And, and yeah, it was like, um, and what's interesting also is I think, because, you know, having played 3, I, they don't, they, they kind of sh- moved away a lot well, from... Let me- I, yeah. Okay. I sorry. Have, go on. I, right, I was, just yeah. didn't mean to uh, steal. No. Your no. Shot. Go. Yeah. But I. Yeah. So, 
that's and that's Halo Two, right? Uh, and Halo Two is kind of sets it sets the uh, it sets the stage for Halo Three, where you know over the course of Halo Two, uh, the humans and the uh, Arbiter kind of come to an understanding. Uh, there's this kind of third faction called the Brutes, who are of in the uh, Covenant, who are basically basically the same as elites in a lot of ways, uh, but they're like more ape-like and dumb as opposed to the more kind of cultured elites, right? So you're dealing with these. Uh, you kind of convince. So the prophets at one point, because of, because you keep beating the elites, uh, they tried to give power over in their fact subfaction to the uh, brutes, who are these kind of they're basically kind of gorilla bears um they're they're really they're really gross looking and like the the commentary like i said isn't as isn't super subtle uh like the these are the extremist faction right and you kind of like red pill the moderates who are the elites and the arbiter taking your side uh and that's kind of that's kind of like the the end of halo 2 is i believe you, you there's a boss fight with uh some major brute and your plan, and then and chief and the arbiter have teamed up, and it's implied that uh, you know in the future we'll be fighting together. And uh, this is and Halo Three uh, really kind of develop, develops on these things. Halo Three does have certain things that like don't fit this theme, like Earth. Uh, well, Halo Two is too, but Earth is like very brutally attacked in two and three, which doesn't really kind of fit the Iraq War narrative, but in a kind of but in a roundabout way, it kind of does because. Uh, despite the fact you're fighting, I'm fight them over there. I'm going to have to fight them well, over here. One of the funny things about fighting them over here is that uh, there's it's never like it's it's told you're told hey this is Earth you're in Kenya and then at one point I think you're in some kind of forest area somewhere. I want to say it was North America but I'm not sure. Might have been it could have been anywhere. But the funny thing is like other than being told hey this is Earth like you have no idea it's Earth. You could like, there's no human civilians. There's it, there's like uh, Kenya is hilariously in halo 2 and 3 uh like adobe buildings <laughs> it's it's possibly the most racist unintentional thing Bungie ever did where like kenya is all like mud bricks in a yeah. way that like in, like in the style of like the american southwest um but so you're you're told you're on earth but you never actually like it never like, hits home that you're on earth in any meaningful way and a lot of that uh comes through uh and then later in halo 3 expansion odst you go back to Kenya, and it's a little more built up, but it looks like just like Baghdad. It's this kind of like deserty city. Uh, you're playing it. You're playing as an elite force of guys with like night vision goggles at night, uh, doing hunter killer stuff. You're basically playing like the Green Berets in Baghdad the entire game, uh, pretty openly. And uh, but so in Halo Three, there's there is this shift though, and it so it's you just kind of put some time time and a place for it. So Halo Three comes out uh, obviously uh, later, and uh, it, it's in 07 where things have kind of or 07 kind of uh, where things have kind of shifted in uh, in Iraq, right? Where in the kind of like dog days of like 05, 04, Halo Two, uh, we were losing, and then this was like the surge, and we had it was both being sold to, and it was true that like the U.S. had effectively won. Uh, it's called, I believe, the uh, there's like they call, it, they call it like the awakening in like counterturgy texts or of uh, these kind of like uh, Shia warlord. They call it the, uh, the Shia awakening or the one of these. Some faction at one point came over to the U.S. Uh, as they promised, and 
The U.S. sent a lot more guys there, who a lot more got killed, but we kind of started to win. And Halo 3 is like us winning the Iraq War. Uh, we have these allies. There's like Covenant ships fighting with you. Uh, it's very, you're very strong. It's kind of this restoration of a, uh, of like kind of the status quo of Halo 1, but now you have more allies and you're tougher and you're even stronger. Uh, there's, there's a lot going on. Uh, you know, you get to you basically, it's like, it's kind of like the, you know, uh, Res Rambo said, do we get to win this one? You get to win this one. There's like this, there's all these moments of you like blowing up secret enemy bases and blowing up Halo rings and all this stuff. There's all these wins. And, uh, Halo 3 is like, it's basically, it's basically like the spirit of like the surge and the, I mean, because the U.S. did win the Iraq War before they left. Uh, you know, obviously things happened afterwards to end that, but as a time and a place, uh, it's like now these wacky Muslims are on your side, which was true, like in in Iraq at the time. They're, uh, and you know, you're fighting the even more extremist uh, ape men, you know, who are the super radical. You know, they probably beat their wives, whatever. Uh, and like, also funnily enough, once uh, so there's a lot of like. Self-sacrifice in Halo. It's, a, it's it's kind of a war movie. There's a lot of human pilots who drive their drive their gunship into something. Or, but funny, really, and obviously like the enemies are a lot of suicide soldiers. But what's really interesting is that once the uh, elites or the you know the, the moderate factions, the Muslims join your join your side, they uh, they stop doing all the crazy like you know popping two grenades and running at the enemy stuff. They kind of fight more like you and like a you know in the more conventional way they, they kind of drop a lot of their yes. pretension pretensions of they go from suicide vests to neoliberal whatever yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they're you know airstrikes and you know <laughs> you know tanks and such you know uh and and then obviously in the expansion of halo, halo 3 makes things very clear where i mean sorry halo two halo 3 uh, odst where you're not even a spartan anymore uh you're you're and you're kind of this human you're basically a, a special space marine in, in case anyone listening this far isn't already aware uh the spartans are the genetically modified super soldier program that your main character from the halo master chief is yeah. uh he, he was like the only surviving one or something i don't know all the i know there's so like... they, they, there was he what that gets walked back there's more there's more spartans yeah. okay. uh later on but yeah but uh, Originally, yeah, he was the only surviving Spartan. Yeah, you're, I, I believe they... the uh, I, as someone who's this is gonna be a really deep cut. Uh, in I, in the manual for the Xbox, uh, you know, the original Xbox game, it's like you're the last of your kind. You know, it's yeah, I remember this, that. Yeah, yeah, uh, they they did they did walk that back. There's like a, there's a few other other ones that come in in later games. Uh, but anyway, in ODST, you're just a, essentially a regular human who has special yeah. training. And yeah, and it's very much it, it gets it gets very uh, it gets very Iraq war. Obviously, you, you know, there's, there's all this fighting at night. Uh, you can there's actually this uh, interesting feature that would have been nice when you're using night vision. All your friendlies are lit up with like a green outline, and all the enemies have like this kind of red outline, uh, <laughs> which is you know a, a, a handy thing that doesn't exist under under real night vision. As someone who's used used a little bit of it. Sorry, what doesn't exist? Uh, there's this like red line around enemies and night vision, oh, yeah. and a green line <laughs> around your nice, guys. Yeah. yeah, which would be nice, but uh, you know, isn't real. And you're using all kind of like silenced, silenced pistols and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And it's it's very it's very it's a lot of fun. ODSTs are, you know, it's a good game, but it's uh, it really kind of leans into the Iraq stuff. You're fighting in New Mombasa, Kenya, but it looks like hilariously like downtown Baghdad, mm-hmm. like down to like the em- there's like uh, empty fountains. They're massive and 
in that part of the world like, for obvious reasons you know fountains are a waste of water and when there's during bad times they dry up right and there's all these like fights in like empty fountain basins and stuff uh you know it's it, it's a good game but there's, it very much is like this kind of iraq thing which uh leaved left halo in a weird spot after uh after you know both the iraq war ended in uh you know under obama in 2012 2013 when the u.s pulled out and then uh bungie was gonna leave uh bungie had was you know affiliated with microsoft and they wanted to go their own way and uh they basically they do a very interesting thing for like the last bungie halo game uh where it's uh so in the beginning you're you know there's implied that reach there's this plant called reach that's like the frontier base of your people, it's kind of, you're kind of of humanity, and it gets attacked, and that's why you got your people fled to uh, the Halo, just trying to get away from that attack. But it's uh, you know this is gonna, this is kind of go deep lore, and I don't like going too deep into into lore as a you know to see what a game's doing. I prefer to do gameplay, but there's a there's a Halo book, and the Halo books are pretty good and pretty well. Uh, there's not like a bunch of them. There's not like a, a six million Halo books that you have to like read to get it. It's not like Warhammer 40k. There's only a few, and they're all decent quality except for one. And it's called The Fall of Reach as well. And uh, it's about, but it's about like the origins of the Spartan program and like the training and testing and uh, early combat against humans that the Spartans go into. And it's very good, like as a standalone piece of reading uh halo the fall of reach and uh i think this is me you know just going out of limb personally in there's a kind of this kind of trilogy of three great works of sci-fi with like space marines or armored guys and it's uh john stanley's armor the forever war and then shark shark troopers there's kind of the armored you know space warrior genre i think the fall of reach uh fits in fits in that you know excellently i think as a fourth to the to that kind of trilogy it does it does a lot of good it also kind of it's a it's a really interesting book uh it's 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 you know halo obviously it's you're not required to play the game but it's it gives you a little more background uh and it's all about this planet it's a lot of it's on this planet called reach uh that falls and it does do like the last battle of the goods of like the spartans there's like a bunch of them in the books are there's like a few and it's over but uh notably uh Fall of Reach game doesn't even do that. It's kind of it's a, a totally separate thing. Uh, that's you know interesting in its own right, but it's it's kind of just a last. It's just like a really good Halo game. It's not like a. It doesn't really have like the greater commentary. I think that it, they were doing with uh, you know the early Halos because the Iraq War was over. It was kind of in this flux between Call of Duty coming out and kind of becoming the biggest thing in the world. There's all these influences like you can sprint and stuff and. You can like call in airstrikes, uh, in certain points, and you can like, there's a, like a a, uh, a a space level, like you're you're playing in a space fighter, shooting Covenant, and it's it's a it's a really it's a good game. I like Reach, but it definitely didn't. Uh, it kind of kind of, it's kind of a it's a it's enjoyable, but it kind of showed that Bungie was kind of at their uh, at their wits end, or you know, they kind of done everything they could do. And they kind of hung up the boots with Reach. Yeah. So I'm, I definitely agree with you. Um, 
lore is mostly useless and and um uh, is a total side note and we could you know there's a lot of different series and a lot of popular things and and starcraft may warrant some attention at some point um but it's i you know as a kind of side note i i just like as, as a fan of the original starcraft and brood war um and and uh, you know slightly disappointed by by the first kind of episode of starcraft 2 but holding out for more and i never finished starcraft 2 in large part because it just felt kind of pointless and they were you know by that point blizzard had been so degraded that they were just throwing out all this exposition at you and i guess lore that had been developed in their paperbacks or something i don't really know and couldn't <laughs> couldn't be bothered yeah. to care um i have heard not just from you that that the um the uh, Halo books are, are markedly, you know, better in yeah. quality than like well, the also there's, books. They're integrated better where they don't like you don't have to read them at all. And like it's actually kind of frustrating to someone who really enjoys the books to play the game and like not have any of it ever, ever get mentioned. Yeah. I mean, outside of the most oblique references. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. But I think that is like the better way to do it. As someone sure. I know you know, looking back on it as like looking at it as a as a as a as a well i'll have to i'll have to check him out because i definitely am a fan of you know heinlein and 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 uh yeah. all that kind of stuff but uh, but uh but to, to to circle back though i wanted to because it was not at all clear to me you know one of the things that i think was really interesting about the um halo one which like you know the reason it's called halo the reason the series is called halo is because of this uh artificial construct like the halo right which is this kind of essentially a, a, it's an artificial environment in space that looks like it's you know some designed to support life or something but you know spoilers for a 30 year old video game or whatever 20 something year old video game that most of you i'm sure have played um you know it, it it turns out that it's actually a a weapon essentially that that um there you know some kind of way 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 in the distant past an extinct civilization was doing experimentation and they in they they I don't know if it's a little unclear or maybe I just don't remember that well. They created the flood that you mentioned. This essentially like microorganism that infects yeah. you and takes you over and, and, and really is essentially unstoppable. And so they, they in, in sort of a way to try to, uh, you know, mitigate the damage that the flood could cause, which if, you know, unchecked would essentially just turn everything in the universe into flood. And that would be that. Um, they created these halos, which, um, you know, essentially explode and cause un unfathomable amounts of damage and just destroy everything. So they stop the flood at the cost of being like this massive explosion and the kind of the, the, the climax and the final stages of the original halo are like essentially this halo protocol of, you know, blowing up the entire, blowing up the, 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 the your stellar neighborhood with this giant, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, multi, you know, planet sized nuclear bomb. Um, you're, you're, it's been activated and you're trying to shut it down and prevent it from going off. Um, where is the flood in, in the, uh, in the later series? Cause like, it doesn't, it seems like, I mean, that's a kind of cool science fiction, uh, construct, you know? And, and yes, this idea that like at some level, the covenant, I don't think they're directly descended from that alien civilization, but they like worship them as whatever the progenitors or yeah. whatever. And, and so they're like, they understand they're on a mission to like stop the flood. And these stupid humans are going around poking their noses where they can't be making everything worse. And they just need to, you know, get out of our way or, you know, violently if necessary so that we can stop this, this flood menace. That whole kind of dynamic and, and, and the flood as a concept and really these kind of cool, high-minded, you know, 60s, 70s conceptual sci-fi style narrative elements just seem to completely disappear by the end. Yeah, I, I it is kind of like 
silly. At a certain point, like, it is kind of, it is, I will agree, like, kind of silly. That the, so the flood, the whole, like, it's the reason it's scary is, like, if one flood gets to your planet, you have an infestation, it's going to take over your whole planet. But at a certain point, it's, like, not a big deal. Like, the humans just kill the flood at one point. Uh, uh, pretty, you know, relatively easily, it seems. Uh, you know, once well, that the, seems like a, but that, I mean, that's just a narrative out. Like Bungie had yeah. this whole kind of plot set up. Like you know, the, yeah. the the whole series is predicated on like there's these system of the system of nuclear bomb rings that look like planets yeah. that can be, and and then they're like, oh well, actually, you know, this uh, conflict with the space Muslims is more interesting and relevant and has people better engaged. So yeah. like, let's find a way to like kill off the flood or something. Yeah. I think there there was like a. There's uh there's actually a very couple interesting levels. I believe it's in Halo two or maybe three, I don't know, where like there's they're playing a lot with like the allies and enemies thing. There's a brief moment where uh like the flutter kind of on your team for a hot second. Uh it's very brief, but uh you're like with the flood and How does then, that work? Uh so the flood are controlled by like a some kind of hive intelligence that you could you occasionally get to talk to. And at one point, uh, you cut kind of deal with it to like get to a thing, and you know it's gonna betray you, but and it, it's gonna it, it's you know oh we're not, but you have to get past some covenant at some point. It's it's contrived, but it is like a cool bit of the narrative where you're just, like marching through with these flood and wrecking uh, covenant relatively easily because there's a shitload of flood, but it obviously doesn't last too long. It's too it's narratively too stupid and it's too easy, but I think a lot of it was them. Bungie wanted to play with like their multiple faction thing, and like, like there are like uh, there's actually a, a fourth faction in Halo where it's, it's called I forget what they're I think they're called Guardians. It's like the little laser robots. That uh, yeah, right. Those are like the things left behind by the yeah whatever they're called. They're called four, yes, yeah. and they only kill Flood, and then something happens and they kill you too, right? But uh, well, yeah, because you don't. They're like, oh, we need to kill Flood, so we're gonna blow up the halo and everything in it. And that includes you. Sorry, human. And, yeah. and you're like, yeah. wait, what? And then he's like, Oh, you don't like that. And then he turns hostile. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's very, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of very dumb. Um, yeah. Uh, what does it say? But yeah, a lot, I feel, I think a lot, there's a, there's a lot of like, obviously halo is kind of like, there's obviously kind of a pastiche of sci-fi stuff and the flood are just like zombies at a certain point. Uh, there, yeah. there's a little, there's a little yeah. more going on there. No, that's right. But, uh, and like, but, you know, obviously, uh, what Sergeant Johnson is just—it's just the sergeant from Aliens at a certain point. You know, they—they, <laughs> yeah. you know, they—the they, uh, pilots all have like Rebel Alliance helmets on at one point. I think early on. Uh, you know, I've, you know I've, but I, I don't think that like takes takes from it really. I think at a certain point, that's just kind of part of sci-fi is that you just, you know, steal. Um. Still, you know, and also, you get to play it, so it's, it is it's different. I think we, when you cross like from movies to video games, you can just kind of at a certain point steal things, and no one's gonna get too upset. Uh, crossing like actual medium, right? Uh, also, there's also like there's also uh, some other stuff with Halo, uh, the, the religious element, the music obviously is. Uh, so there's this is like, there's actually an interesting thing to start with music in Halo One. Uh, the music is like there is like an element of this kind of oh kind of stuff like this kind of basically church music Gregorian chant type stuff, but there's also like a bunch of like heavy uh, like thrashing guitars <laughs> too. There's like there's like rock breakdowns and stuff, 
and I think as like Halo found its niche as like oh this you know really like religious war type deal the music stopped doing it went from like I think I believe in Halo 2 uh which is kind of like the kind of the halfway point uh it, the music is very much mostly like religious but there's one boss fight where it's a uh I can't remember which it's but it's a, a Breaking Benjamin song comes on during this boss fight and it's like very obviously just like a licensed piece of music from a from a kind of popular a band that disappeared off the face of the earth too like there is no more Breaking Benjamin uh I I I couldn't find it if I wanted to I mean that's some, by like, that's some like uh yeah that's some like <laughs> 2000s deep cuts yeah sure. like but it's it's but it's a, it's a great like boss fight you know because it's is like ah, I'm fighting these two I think you're fighting two hunters and like some covenant and you're just like hauling at because there's no cover and you're just like hauling ass around the room not getting hit as these like guitars shred but at, by eventually by Halo three uh, Halo had kind of like found its voices like oh we're doing the we're doing the religion bit right or the implied religion bit where all the music is very it's very good uh, obviously but it's all like choir you know choral choir music a lot of chanting some organs a little bit uh, and funnily enough this this I, 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 as you know, someone who's raised in a very conservative household, the name Halo uh, scared my parents a lot because they thought it was like some kind of anti-Christianity <laughs> thing, right? <laughs> I mean, obviously, I, I, there's no way I'm the only one too. Yeah, it was, that, that was that, that well, was the hype. It's funny because that was also, war. I mean, I, I, yeah. yeah, that was very much a thing at the time, you know, in, in the '90s with the uh, War on I, Christmas, Bill O'Reilly, yeah, you know? yeah, and 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 Doom itself, and and uh, you know, yeah. like satanic imagery and. Harry Potter, which I maintain, like, you know, in case it isn't obvious, like the the Harry Potter Christian critics were at 100% right. Like, it did lead to an increase in witchcraft. You know, people whether you can you can believe or not in witchcraft, um, but there it's certainly you can see, it's all over Twitter. Like people, you know, the, these idiot uh, women, you know, girls and women who think they're yeah. witches doing you know what they think are spells um in large part because harry potter legitimized it so i, I don't want to dismiss those kind of critiques out of hand um by any means but yeah it's 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 definitely also true that you know hail it's funny that they would be even just the name because obviously it just has nothing to do with that i guess that that probably convinced yeah. them yeah it is the name and it's like you know also it's a war game uh I, I think, but yeah but once they I mean, obviously got over it when they saw oh we were just like shooting aliens or whatever right uh yeah. Also, Halo did like kind of uh, uh, kind of change. It did, it, it, I'll credit it with shifting the percep adults' perception of video games from like you would hear before that you would hear, oh, you're playing Nintendo, you're playing every game was Mario or Pac-Man, right? After Halo, every game was like, oh, you're shooting aliens. You know, like it it changed like the adult conception or the older person conception. Because adults playing Halo, but it changed like the popular perception of what a video game was. Uh, and I think a way that kind of, that is, uh, kind of enduring, like now, okay, video, game, video games are about a little bit more than just like, you know, Mario and Pac-Man. Right. And that's, you know, more a cultural thing than anything else, but it kind of shows what it, how big the phenomenon was. Well, I could be wrong. I'd have to double, I'd have to look back, but, but, um, if it, if it wasn't Halo itself, but I think, which I think it actually was to a large extent, it was certainly the case that Halo, came out right around the time that video games were starting to eclipse Hollywood, um, both, you know, financially in terms of like the, the revenue they generate 
and um, and culturally in terms of their kind of broader cultural yeah. impact. And and I do I I. I I would have to double check, but I'm pretty sure I, I I know Halo had a part in that. How big of a part? I'd have to I'd have to look at like the numbers, but I, I think Halo was one of the first titles that was like such a smash, you know, millions of copies of uh, uh, sold. It was a it was a it was a cultural phenomenon because you know again I I remember like it's not you know Doom was popular, but it was it was um and you know you could, people were making money on video games. Electronic Arts had been around for a while, and but it was always kind of niche. It didn't. You know, they were kind of like your video game kids and your sports kids. Halo, I think, really was the first video game that was very, very popular with sports kids. I don't think you really saw that phenomenon in schools prior to that. Yeah. I think it being on the PC and Xbox was a big part of that. That uh, it had the biggest lot to Xbox that probably wouldn't have happened. But because anybody could play... Because it, it wasn't super demanding on PC. Uh, I mean, it wasn't... Not that it was. It was pretty demanding at the time, but it wasn't like... It wasn't uh, impossible that you could just put in your parents' PC and play it. Uh, no, not at all. Yeah. And yeah, I think so. I think it had this big, in, it had a huge install base. If you had a PC, you could play it. If you had a Xbox, obviously you could play it. And I think I think that was a big deal. Yeah, and, I was uh, thinking back. Like I remember, you know, Quake Two. I think was like ninety. I think. Well, let me, okay, let me double check with this real quick. But I think Quake Two was like ninety-seven, and Halo was ninety-nine. If I. Uh, if I remember, and and because Quake Two was like, oh yeah, Quake Two was ninety seven, and uh, two thousand one. Okay, so it was actually a little yeah. bit later. But I mean, to think about how much the world changed in the span of those four years, because yeah, Quake Two was, you know, very anticipated and very popular, and and actually kind of had a similar thing going on in terms of like it was completely unrelated to to you know quake one was was essentially like lovecraft you know the first person shooter um it, it was in some ways it was more noteworthy yeah. for its art direction and its technical accomplishment being like the first actual fully polygonal 3d shooter um uh, as opposed to having any there were no like you know and there were no sprites everything was 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 fully three-dimensional um but it was still like you know, it, Quake Two was was uh, very much a, a thing within kind of '90s hacker culture and and you know the the um, that whole crowd. Halo was like you know something you'd play after soccer practice, and and it was just a completely different kind of thing. Yeah. Also, there's this kind of uh, it's hard. To, I, I think it's also like Halo. Did benefit. It's kind of it's, it's kind of it, tempting. I should put it into this massive shift from like, well, there was Doom and then there was Halo, right? But Halo was like, there was like shareware elements to Halo. Like, if you go into an old, if you if you went to an older, uh, you know, high school or whatever, you could find like Halo One somewhere deep in the archives of that computer system, because there was this kind of shareware element to it, where they would put it on all the computers. You know, it did it did, it did kind of like. It did a lot of work to bridge that gap uh, itself. That kind of is forgotten. That uh, I guarantee you, actually, if you're if you go if you find like a any kind of institution with old computers, you can dig into those. Dig it if you can dig in because I did it uh, <laughs> at, at 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 my high school, and it was there. And uh, it, that was, we couldn't play it because of some kind of there was there was some kind of I think they had found it and like deleted it, the file was it still there. Wised up to the yeah 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 yeah. Um, <laughs> But I mean, it definitely was this. It definitely was a bridge as well as, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah. 
But I kind of think it's interesting to see. What, sorry, what were you going to say? No, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to. I was just noting. You know, maybe we can can conclude on this. I, I'm, I'm curious. You know, at this point, I, I saw there. So there's a. I guess another Halo coming out, um, at some point later in 2020, or or I guess maybe it's been pushed back to to 2021. But there is another Halo in the pipeline, not developed by you know Bungie is now doing their own thing, um, and. Some of the, I saw some interesting commentary that was basically like, um, you know, who is this for exactly? Uh, apparently, you know, I didn't really pay attention to it. Apparently, there were uh, people were a little upset at the um, art direction for being a little simplistic, and and but the kind of broader question was, you know, what what is the relevance of Halo at this point in time or moving forward? And it's kind of a hard question to answer. I mean, yeah. for myself personally, well, like, yeah, maybe its moment has come and gone. Well, that reminds me of something that's, I think, very interesting about Halo that's kind of outside of video games, it's just into finance and culture, is that Microsoft's been chasing the dragon of Halo 3 and 2 forever. There's no Microsoft's a huge, vastly profitable company, and the gaming division of it is, like, loses money or breaks even at best. I think, yeah, the they've, they've been altered. I think they, they've... Over their history, they've turned a slight profit, but like the original yeah. Xbox was a slight loss. Xbox 360 did pretty well, um, in large yeah. part because of Halo, uh, and and then they've kind of been breaking, you know, just treading water yeah. ever since. But yeah. I think it, there's this element of Microsoft of, that, of like I guess called the gaming side of things, where it's it is like kept alive by Microsoft's largesse, but also the the culture, like, Microsoft is this kind of stuffy, stuffy, evil company, and it is that, but, like, the gaming division allows them to kind of, like, it lets them put a good face on Microsoft, like... Yes, the, the good average face person... embodied by games for Windows Live. No, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it, I yeah, just but, wanted to throw no, a but yeah, joke in No, you're there. right. Go on, but, like, go on. The, when you, when, if you tell somebody, oh, Microsoft, they, their two thoughts are, like, Xbox and PCs, right? They're, it's not, like, you know, OneDrive, right? It's not, like, these... It's not the 360 office suite. Uh, it's not this kind of boring corporate thing. Even though, like, heck, you know, Microsoft has gotten more boring and more corporate, uh, even in the gaming side of it. But I think the reason it's allowed to, like, the gaming department should have been shuttered a long time ago. And spun off, yeah. Or just well, they just, or, they just or they bought just, like, uh, Bethesda. Did you see that? Yeah, but and that, and that's kind of the move that's been, like, to keep them afloat is to just yeah. buy whoever, uh, yeah. Once great. Like, I, honestly, if you wanted to like, if they wanted to make money, they just buy Nintendo, which, <laughs> which is like, which, but they 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 don't want to be that. They want to like, I think the utility of Microsoft is just in its like, or not Microsoft of of, of the Xbox line is this that it makes Microsoft seem not like the the most boring. Yeah, well, I think you're right. I think it's world. also a prestige thing. It's like, look, we can do this too. Yeah, you know it, the way that you know like a. I had a, um, a, f- a friend who worked at like a boutique shop and the shop lost money. Um, it was not a profitable enterprise, but uh, the owner of the shop was the wife of a wealthy, successful doctor. And he just like allowed her to, you know, run this because they were like old, you know, their kids had grown up and stuff. So, um, so, so the, he's like, yeah, whatever, go ahead, lose your money on your stupid little boutique. I don't care. Like it keeps, gives you something to do during the day, you know? 
Um, but and, and I mean, it's a little. I, I think from from that's from his perspective. From her perspective, it's like you know she has some kind of sense of identity, some kind of sense of prestige. Like I own a boutique, right? I I, I am the manager yeah. of this this uh, business. And and yeah, I think for Microsoft, it's a kind of similar thing. Of it definitely takes the edge off their kind of you know corporate perception and, and serves that kind of PR function. But it's also like you know yes, we are also capable of um, you know managing a. We could be cool, studio. bro. Yeah, we could. Yeah, be cool. right. Yeah. yeah, I think that was also what the uh, the the Seattle Seahawks like their color scheme is because of Microsoft and the Xbox like that kind of neon green. Yeah, thing that makes that sense. Was, it's a very yeah. ugly color scheme. Yeah, it's exactly. Your... It's like toper totally rad '90s, bro. Like yeah, yeah. I, I sometimes feel '90s nostalgia, but not so much for the aesthetics. I'm gonna go listen to Breaking Benjamin right now. Sorry for this. I'm gonna go listen, listen to Breaking Benjamin. Oh yeah, series. I'm trying to remember which uh, song it was. It and it was like it's like. It was this kind of like, like fit the thing, yeah. Yeah, the thrashing just yeah, the guitar is just going, but not like metal going, going like, like alternative thrashing. It's very good. <laughs> All right. Well, All right, uh, yeah. do you have any other closing thoughts? Uh, oh, I guess we should do like, is it worth playing? I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Are, definitely. Especially yeah. Halo One. I would say Halo One and Two, yeah. Three. You know, take it or yeah. leave it. And I never personally played ODS anything past Halo Three. Yeah. I can't speak to that. Um, I heard ODSD was was. Like in terms of game as like a mechanical, you know, if you if you like tactical shooters and that thing that that ODST yeah. is the kind of highlight, um, I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, I mean, there's is a lot it, also less to it. it uh, I would say it is, but it's more of three in a lot of ways. They don't really. Okay. I, I do want. I I also left a lot of things out of ODST. It's kind of a different thing, but sure, it's like a narrative thing. There's like human characters. You play as Nathan Fillion for part of it. Uh, <laughs> okay. Back when he back when he was a sci-fi guy. Yeah, yeah. And, that was um, he was on. That was like the the Firefly yeah, po- days. Right? Yeah, it yeah. was like the it was post Firefly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really uh, doesn't really it it, it it's it's a good it should, if you play it as just more of Halo Three, it's a lot of fun. There's a little more going on, but it, the the idea of oh you're actually just a lone space marine, you're not really a Spartan, doesn't really come through. You basically okay. basically a Spartan. Uh, you know, you have shields. You still have shields and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it's, you know, they're all enjoyable. They're also like you know, affordable, pretty affordable these days. Oh yeah, Master uh, Chief Collection goes for like twenty bucks or something. And the remaster of one, if you're, is very good as well. The the remasters of one too, they look really good now. Well, that's the thing is, I remember like trying to play one on the original Xbox and just like everything was kind of bland. The color scheme didn't really work. It was just sort of like blood at a certain level and and they did really great job on the remaster of making everything visually more interesting you know things stand out it, you don't it's it's uh yeah definitely that's definitely yeah. true uh if and if i was to give my way i would say play it if you're gonna if you're new to halo uh play it on heroic first and then crank up to legendary to, to, to the true halo experience um because one of the other things with halo is if you put on it normal or easy and you're not like a infant you'll walk through it <laughs> like Halo on the normal normal difficulty is just it's almost insultingly easy. Uh yeah. I've watched literal I have a lot of little brothers. I've watched literal un babies play Halo on like the easy <laughs> mode and like get through it. Like yeah. uh until they got lost on a map or some shit. Yeah. Sure. Alright, yeah, that's all I got. All right. Well, uh, thanks, Lewis, as always. Uh it's been a pleasure. And uh thanks to our audience. I hope you enjoyed. And if you have any other suggestions, we have a couple uh, thoughts as far as next episodes. But if you, if you, you know, if there's something you want 
to hear us discuss or you think something you think we're overlooking, then uh, definitely let us know. Until then, we'll see you next time. AK-47, Mac-11, Sparks, and all.